Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, gosh. And, oh, oh, I know. She's work experience. <laughs> so can I just, can, Jojo, can I just ask, yes. so you and Bruce, how yes. do you know each other? Wow. Have you ended up doing this podcast with him? That Did he is beg you? one of the best questions anyone's rude. asked me. <laughs> how on earth I ended up in this yeah. situation, not of my own making. Um, yeah. Bruce and I have known each other for probably about 20 years from the comedy circuit because I'm a stand up yeah. comedian. So um, our paths have crossed many a time. Uh, on the comedy stage and then we kind of found each other in lockdown and ended up on a daily if not twice thrice daily conversation <laughs> about the world the universe and our feelings and yeah. um, that's just kind of kept going and we now do it on a and podcast were you, in, were you in lockdown on your own? Uh, sadly no okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way the interviewers come out to play Ruth hang on a sec I know sorry I'm just very nosy hang on I'm just something's popped up on my screen oh yeah I've got rid got rid oh no I, I is that your grinder I started <laughs> sorry if it's pinging I was on last night getting a lot of response oh clearly I started lockdown with uh, a husband and two of my four children okay. and got rid of all of them Oh, so yes, okay. and now and then have a lodger, uh, which is another comedian, and that brings its own well. set of. Uh, yeah, no, what you doing that as lodger or comedian? I can't decide. You pick. <laughs> but yes, no. But I'm giving everything up and going to live in a van. So is that the, true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, at the end of. So September. I thought he was joking when he said that. No, I am. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go to Australia first. So I'm going to sort of tootle about for three months just doing gigs and staying with friends. And then, um, yeah, the friends don't know which ones I'm staying with. Yeah. And then going to Australia and then coming back. Yeah, and I'm genuinely going to go and live in a... I'm going to go and live in a... So have you bought said van? Well, no, because I keep changing my mind because I keep going to get a motorhome. But then I've decided I'm going to actually buy a van and get it bespoke custom made. Oh, okay. And are you coming from deep within Langsford um, Holmes Towers? Yes, where are you? I'm deep, yes. I'm in my office. That's me and Anton up there, Strictly. Were you on Strictly? Yes. Did I not mention it? No, I never hear that from you. You're you're kind of the new Kay Adams. (laughs) 
God, yeah. God, I'm feeling her. I just want to show Jojo a picture. You're saying about having your van converted. Yeah. This is no euphemism. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My childhood holidays were all in camper vans with my dad, but the very first one, because I can't bloody find it now, of course I can't. um, The very first one was an old Bedford van, Mm -hmm. which he converted himself. And there's, <laughs> we literally, oh God, where is it? We literally look like the hillbillies. Sorry, I will get there in a sec. I, that, I've kind of definitely come around to the idea of now converting a van because I think a motorhome in hindsight is too obvious as somewhere that I'll be sleeping. What about yes. a motorised oh, futon with an umbrella? <laughs> <laughs> right here's off. I don't know if you can see. Where would I hold this for you to see? Oh, wow. Yes. Oh. Still, still, please. Is that you in the front? That's me in the front. Oh, that's I'm in a toweling. I'm telling a toweling poncho that my mum made by basically folding folding a towel in half, cutting a hole in it, sewing up the sides. Good. <laughs> and, 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 and look at the van. Oh, it's always oh, so cool. And then, hang on. And then this is my dad. Hang on, if I can make that bigger for you. So this is me in the back. So that's me in the back making mm-hmm. a cup of tea. All right. And that's my dad relaxing. And did it have any facilities in that van? As in- Not in that one, no. no. We had toilet roll and trowel into the woods we went. <laughs> a busy people. And then we and then we upgraded to a really lovely Volkswagen camper van. This is me looking very much like a boy. <laughs> That's in Scotland. Oh, well, no. I yes. did a very, t- I was very tomboyish when very I was right. little. Yeah. Well, I, all our clothes were like knitted by your grandma, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. And hand-me-downs um, regardless of gender. Yeah. So this is us like in the middle of the Black Forest woods in or whatever in Germany. So we went everywhere in that. So that was so very happy, very happy. But now, hence why I just want a five star hotel because I've done that. Yes, you've done that. So you've had that experience, yes. whereas I did it the other way around. So, yes. yeah, I'm now looking for. Yeah. But um, you talked us through your poncho beautifully, which brings us on to your most recent carnation, that of being the Coco <laughs> Chanel of Chiswick. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to steal that. I'm writing that down. Yeah, isn't it funny? Because I never really made any connection between me and fashion, particularly other than I like it and I like nice clothes and all um, But just recently, I did needle, I thought I did needlework O level. O-levels, as oh, they were right. called, back okay. in the days of black and white. Um, yeah, and I used to make loads of my own clothes. And my mum made all our clothes when we were kids. Mm. And so she always had a sewing, there's a sewing machine was always going. And then she taught my sister and I to sew, you know, quite basic things. And then I did needlework O-level and I used to make a lot of my own clothes. I remember, you know, laying that with the pattern, the fabric and the patterns on the sitting room floor. So maybe... Maybe it was predestined. Maybe there was a little seed of Coco Chanel of Chiswick in there. It's funny you mention about uh, sewing machines. I I watched Danny Minogue, um, who, if you ever meet her, can you ask why she blocked me on Twitter? Because I've still never gotten over it. (laughs) Um, And she was on Lawza talking about a range of petites because she's a QVC gal. 
She is, she is, she's more recent QVC yes. gal than me. But they get it also. Brenda Edwards, who's my colleague from oh, Loose no. Women, she's now um, on QVC. So you know, I started a trend there. Everyone's coming. Everyone wants to a slice of it. Well, that's I used to. If I wasn't working on a Thursday, me mm. and the dog used to get full of gin, and I used to text in <laughs> and call in to Ruth and Jackie. And a Jackie Cabler, who's this really, she's she's a novelist. She's a QVC presenter. She's amazing. She, yeah, she's fabulous. And she would go, we've we we've had a message from a Bruce Devlin and she'd be like alright oh, okay I know who that is is he sober um, and all that kind of thing it was always good I love that she's like he says he knows you and yeah. I go yeah it's okay let no, him through it's fine he's alright he's I've, with me I've known him for a wee while so do you enjoy that then? do you enjoy all the design I love process it. And- no I love it I really genuinely love it and I'm very, very hands-on with it. So I think a lot of people can assume, um, rightly sometimes, that, you know, a celebrity will will be do a kind of collab with somebody and they basically say, do you like this jumper? You say, yes, they put your label on it. But that's not how this works with QVC. It's not how they wanted it to work and it's not how I wanted to do it. So that's great. So I'm very, very involved, literally from, you know, I would like to do a jumper like this with a V-neck and a whatever. <coughs> and I, ch- I choose the and colours and buttons and zips and I work with a fantastic design um, team and they have particular designer Sam who I work with all the time and obviously I've been doing it five years now so over those five years I've learned an awful lot she's got to know me so it's a much easier process now because she doesn't show me things she knows I won't yeah. like because she knows what I'm like now and I know I've got to grips with certain fabrics and what they will and won't do and you know yeah. um, and I've got very clear ideas um, about what I want and how I want it because... Is that code for strong opinions, Ruth? Yes. <laughs> I have very strong opinions. The thing is, they, they, to me, but that's important to me because essentially when people, um, you know, say on, on QVC, like, well, what's your inspiration? Who are you designing for? I say, essentially, I'm designing for myself, which sounds really selfish, but it's absolutely true. I'm designing clothes for me, clothes that I find difficult to find, a woman of 62, when I go shopping. And I go shopping, I go, well, I don't want my jeans cut. I don't want low rise, mid rise, whatever the bloody hell that and is. And holes in the knees and. and holes in the knees and someone's put a cheese grater to them no yeah. I want sleeves I don't want things that are clinging to my weight or non lack of waist mm. um so so that actually is working well with QVC because my audience and a lot of you know mostly their customers are my age group they're all kind of 50 60 plus and some of them are quite a bit older than that and they're very loyal and so I think once they realized actually Ruth is genuinely designing this stuff and they see me you know I put stuff on Instagram and they'll see me in meetings I'm forever in the building even when I'm not on air I'm always there doing something and we do things they call fit meetings where you have a model a standard size well allegedly there's an industry standard size who knew um and so we have a model who would be you know an industry size 12 say so every measurement is the industry standard and then we fit the clothes to her so hence she's called a fit model not a she's fit model Um, (laughs) she might be though she might they mostly are um and i go to that you know so we we try the clip we get the prototypes and i say oh no i don't like how that shoulder sitting and it's and actually it's too long let's make it shorter or longer so very very involved and i think 
I believe that's why it's been the success that it is because it's genuine. It's done for me and women my age and it's women my age who are buying the clothes. And then they start to trust you. You know, when people trust you, when they go, actually, she does do this and she is designing, she knows her stuff. You know, I do my homework. So when I'm talking about the clothes, as Bruce will know, my biggest um, supporter, yeah. <laughs> and, um, excuse me, I've got runny nose this morning. Um, you know, when I'm talking about it, it's very clear that I know because I've done it and I've been involved in that process. Then when they trust you, it's amazing, you know, that they will buy things when I'm not there. So once somebody, a woman knows she likes my jeans and they fit her and they're comfortable as I tell her they are, once they believe you, then they'll buy things when, when you're not there. They go, I need another pair of Reese jeans. So, um, and when I did my Feeling Fabulous event, which was very disappointed you couldn't come to, but another time, maybe. Oh, thank you. Um, I feel I should be hosting one of the stages next year. I think you should be. <laughs> yes. How are we going to keep you sober, though? I, well, keep me <laughs> away from you. <laughs> early morning. But I think that's nine and ten, and he's okay. But I think that's very true, isn't it? There's, I think people underestimate how much authentic, you know, being able to trust someone and and something being authentic because you can see right through someone that's just trying to make yeah. a fast buck and going, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I put my kind of validation on this, but then have no yeah. involvement. It does make a huge difference. I think so, um, and they're very um, astute. They know what they want mm. they're brutal with their when they don't like something <laughs> you know they tell you in no uncertain terms but I think that's good and also I have a very good rapport with my customers and as Bruce went over watching the shows you know they they message us all the time mm. in the shows so we've got a really nice kind of gang now on our Thursday night with Jackie my co-presenter now my friend who's brilliant she's just like she looks like a supermodel in anything she puts on yeah. which is always helpful but we have a lot of fun and people some you know aren't always shopping when they're watching now they're just watching because they like the fun of the evening and it's like a group of friends together um, and we do listen you know, so when they leave their comments about things I do read them I've got time to answer everybody um, but and we have changed things you know if, if something comes up time and time again like this sleeve is too long and it's coming up time again we will change it and I think pe- women like to know that they're listened to because yeah, I think response. we get yeah you, I think you know one of the I've heard this awful st- statistic that's, that's just why the, the event of Feeling Fabulous kind of came about because it said that women over 50, however many were surveyed, a really high percentage said they, they feel invisible. Yeah. And I was like, that's awful. That's so awful. And that came through loud and strong at Feeling Fabulous that all those women I spoke to just kept saying, thanks for doing this for us. Thanks for doing this for us. There's nothing like this for us. And I think for us, they meant, you know, anybody over, over 50. 50 who get written off that suddenly we're supposed to be in elastic trousers my you know my solo show this year the fringe was called growing old disgracefully and it was exactly oh, yeah. that the fact that i'm moving into a van that because mentally i still feel feel 18 but since mm-hmm. you know i'm 56 now but since i've been in my 50s the world yeah. treats me differently so yes. there's this automatic this mindset and change that i probably get some disparaging comment on a daily basis towards my age or my inability and and exactly that being invisible Mm. and, you know, not expected to be fashionable and not expected to go out and have fun. And you're just going, stop pigeonholing me and stop making or trying to make me feel like I'm not relevant. So, Yeah. yeah. And those women, you know, so many of them are, you know, they're really vibrant, they're still working, yeah. they've, you know, they're out and about. And yet, 
it seems that the world of fashion particularly just yeah. disregards them as if we should all be slipping into elasticated trousers the minute we're 50. But um, mind you, thank God for elastane. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you like a Pringle, if you like a Pringle. Or three. Well, or a litre of gin. It's interesting what you were saying about uh, being a celebrity and putting your name to stuff. Have you ever been offered an alcohol range? Because mm. I know that's something. Sadly not. No, that's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll be the first to know. Yes, no, no, because I've just worked um, with, with Graham Norton and I was looking at him and I was thinking. Oh, I love Graham Norton. Yeah, no, lovely man. And, yeah. um, you know, he's got the wine, he's got the gin, Kylie's got the wine out now, yeah. um, someone else. So I think that's what we need to kind of. We need to do a I'll come fresh your grapes. Yes, <laughs> I think there's so many gins now. Aren't I? We'd be dangerous, Bruce, if we had an mm. alcohol range, well, wouldn't we? Well, we've, um, I remember once um, being for lunch after this morning, and I think we were in Brasserie Blanc on the upper ground or wherever it was. Yes. And I'd got my timings wrong. <laughs> she was going, what time is it? And I went, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, don't panic. <laughs> and I remember I missed my plane that night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was texting and she was like, you idiot, what have you done? And I was like, oh. I said, I told you, I, I said, I told you yes. to go. Exactly. I, no, I was. He I was, never listens, No, really. I don't. I don't. But um, yeah, no, if you did, that would be fabulous. We could we could have a big launch party there, in your garden. Very merry, very merry launch party. Oh, absolutely. Have. Are there any product ranges that you've oh, been sorry, asked? sorry, that's my dog, by the way. Oh, we oh, love Maggie. our dog dogs. Um, are there any product ranges you've been asked to endorse that you've gone Absolutely not putting my name to that. Uh, a few. I mean, I can't, I wouldn't name them anyway, mm -hmm. but yes, because I am quite um, strict about what I put my name to yeah. because of that. I, I have to genuinely like it. So I have done some endorsements, um, and but not many. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I could do a lot more if I just wanted the money. Yeah. But I think I, I, again, I think people see through you. Also, I think it dilutes other things you're doing. You know, you know. so I want my QVC range to be the thing. Yeah, the is that course. a smidgen? Yes. yes. Uh -huh. Oh, sorry. She's smidge. behaving appallingly. So <laughs> oh, she's on. allowed. She's an old lady. <laughs> smidge. Where is she? <laughs> Hello, darling. Oh, look her. Hello, smidgey. There smidge. we are. Hello. What kind oh, of dog do you her. have, Ruth? We've got, I've got a rescue dog, Maggie, oh. who's, um, she's adorable. She's just gorgeous. Fox. She's like a little black. I say she looks like a little black fox. Oh, Smidge, so look at her. How old is she now, Bruce? She'll be 17 in December. <gasps> you know, look she's getting up there with Dame Joan. She yeah. <laughs> do you still push around in her pram? Oh, I, yes, oh. yes. Because then I can get to the pub quicker. <laughs> um, sort of thing. Go via the cheese shop. It's got a bit underneath, so I can put yes, all my, this is, you know, all your things that you've bought. From all, yes, <laughs> everything you've just bought. Does, does does your stepson live with you, or are you? No, no, he works. He works for us. So we run an office from home. Right. Okay. So now, so now works for us. No, no, he doesn't live. He couldn't stand us living with us both. <laughs> because I sure. think you and I are in the same position that we're empty nesters now that the, the, the kids have Yeah, gone. Jack's home at the moment actually with his girlfriend so that's oh. a new, yes um, yes, he's very lovely um, yeah, the empty nest syndrome, I mean I've only got one um, and But it is a complete change isn't it? When oh you're my god, it took me a, Yeah it took me, Jojo, so 
I, I kind of thought, oh, of course I'm going to miss him, and of course mm. I am. But I was happy for him to be going to uni, you know, yeah. and off you send them, don't you? I've managed to keep him alive for 18 years and <laughs> hope I've imparted some wisdom, who knows? And off he goes. I had no idea how yeah. awful I would feel. And it was like when he first went to school, you know, people say like, oh, when they first go to school. And I was like, that bad. I was quite looking forward to the time. Yeah. And I remember his first day of school, you know, when he was staying all day, just coming home and suddenly going, oh, what oh, do I do? That's it, yes. And then feeling really teary. Yeah. Um, so when he went to uni, both Amy and I, <coughs> excuse me, both of us cried as yeah. we left him. We did a very strong, like, patting of backs, like, all right, son, right. You know, I was thinking, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't embarrass him. We're standing in the reception of his, you know, mm-hmm. um, student block. And as we got round the corner, I burst into tears, turned round to Eamon, and he was crying. Both of us sitting in the car like a pair of wrecks. Like, oh. um, it I does take you those surprise because oh, I didn't yeah. think I would be affected. I was really looking forward to my because yeah. I've got four. But when the well. first when when he first left, he joined the navy. I was just like, oh, you know, that is, I'm very proud and all mm. this kind of thing. But I was exact. I would walk past a photograph of him and burst yeah. into tears, and it was just that overwhelming sense of oh, it will never be the same again. It's Yes. That's it. That's, That's it. moving on. You've sent them on their way. Yeah. Because even though they've come back, yes, you know, Jack's no, home, know. but you know they're not back. It's yes. just back for a holiday or a visit yes. or because they need some money or do their washing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're off again. Yeah. And, you know, there's a big part of me that's like, I love seeing it. I was like, I'm fascinated to see what he will do with his life. Mm. And I hope you just want him to be happy and, you know, what kind of man he'll be. But equally, I just felt that real. I mean, I talked about, it sounds so dramatic, you know, it was like the umbilical cord being cut again. I said, I felt like I'd had something of my inside ripped out. And I couldn't, I used to close his bedroom door, which is opposite my room where I get ready in the mornings while I dry my hair and things. And I just had to keep the door closed because with the door closed, I could imagine he was there because it was always closed because he was normally in bed. (laughs) So I just, and and a couple of times, I remember like doing a Sunday lunch and going to the bottom of the stairs to shout, like we'll scream as you normally do, don't you? Because he's normally on PlayStation. And I was like, Jack and didn't answer Jack and the second time I was like oh my god he's not there yeah. no he's not there so yeah it takes a bit of getting used to What's he's studying, studying um, broadcast journalism oh wow yeah, in Manchester, loves it, absolutely loves it. So, um, yeah, so kind of following a bit. He's more into sport, mm. so I think he'll probably end up doing something with sport. But, right. yeah, he's, he's doing well and loving life. Manchester and Media City and everything up there now is exactly. so cool. It's perfect. So much going on, and he loves Manchester, and he's a big Man United fan, so he's got Eamon's season ticket. So nice. happy days, loving life. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Now, it's funny because mm. you work for the same channel that Eamon now works for you do stuff GB with news. GB news and do you? yes Present. so um, I quite yeah. often do the headliners the sort of yeah comedians oh that's the Friday night is that the Friday night it's, it's the, Friday, the yes. 11 o'clock show at night yes. where the comedians sort of looking at newspapers and the free speech nation and I was meant to go on Nana's show and then I can't remember what happened Nana um, <laughs> but yeah interestingly because I've been I don't know if Eamon's had the same I'd be interested to know to kind of that that judgment of people making a presumption that your politics or that your opinions are yeah. a certain way because you're on GB yeah. News. But yeah. I found, I've been taken to task quite a few times about it by friends of mine going, explain to me why you're on GB News. Mm. I'm like, well, because I'm 
you know, review the newspapers mm. and nobody tells me what to say. I'm not forced to do anything and they pay me quite well. So, mm. and, and often when I then turn the tables on them and go, why have you got an issue with it? it mm. You know, and ask them questions every single time without fail, They've never watched it. They've made yeah. an opinion on something that they have. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of um, Chinese whispers effect, really. Yeah. I heard that someone said this, that, and it's like, it's so yeah, frustrating. I it had, yeah, I think it, it, you know, some people, but that happens in life. I mean, I find with mm. social media, you know, yeah. and I think these days, particularly when you do live shows, <clears throat> that, um, they have teams of people at yeah. newspapers and magazines and things who are, their job is to sit online watching live shows and whatever we say yeah, is you're... you know reported, but it always with that kind of headline, you know, Ruth discusses, you know, divorcing Eamon. And I'll say it would have been something funny I've said, like, yeah. oh, if he ever wears Crocs again, I'll divorce him. him. But they make it something. So I kind of stop looking at it now because I think you're right. And then people start commenting on a story that they haven't even seen. Yeah. I- um, I remember, and it just, so it goes on, and you can't. You end up. I think I can't. I don't. Why am I trying to even defend yeah. myself yeah. against these stupid people? So I don't bother. No, so I remember when we first met, and we were blathering away. So the first time that I met Ruth, I'd gone to the studios, and then you'd forgotten that you were doing. It was a photo shoot for oh, yes. Women Magazine, and I met. You came all, with me, didn't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Yes. We met little uh, Benji. Um, Benji, little who's Benji, now showbiz, showbiz editor of the Sun. Um, yeah. Yes, and a habitual liar. Um, more of that. <laughs> later but the funny thing was I remember when we were having a, a glass of wine afterwards and you'd said that one of the magazines and um, you know the, the magazines you get the tells had a whole host of photos of you squinting at the South Bank when you were doing <laughs> stuff outside and it yeah. was Ruth is furious and yeah. um, it was because Eamon had left you to wrap all the presents for yeah. Christmas when you get down to it but that is your thing you'd like wrapping the presents and you have your ironing board trick oh my ironing board well actually the ironing board trick I also feel really bad because it actually wasn't mine. It was somebody on Twitter, and I so can't remember who their name, but somebody told me. So I, I put something out like, oh, I love doing presents, but isn't doesn't it kill your back leaning over, whatever? And somebody on Twitter, this is years ago, sent me this thing and said, oh, no, Ruth, do it on your ironing board. And I was like, what? Oh, it's the best thing ever. Wow. So I've just, passed, I've just passed on that little tip or hack, as they call it now, um, because you can get the ironing board, whether you're standing... I like to stand um, or sitting, you can get the ironing board to the optimum height right. for you so that even you're not even remotely bending. Because, mm. you know, even if I do it on my dining table, I've still got that slight bend, yes, slight which just, kills my back. Wrong yeah, wrong angle. So, honestly, you, so use the thick end, put your, you need a heavy sellotape dispenser, uh-huh. okay? On the sorry, on the thin end, heavy t- sellotape dispenser, and then you've got the wide bit to put your parcel. Honestly, try it. That is it a top my life. tip. I love a, lo- I love a top changed tip. Changed my life. That and uh, frozen chopped onions changed my life. Well, exactly. Frozen chopped onion. I've, I've, I can't remember sorry. the last time I peeled and I'm chopped an onion. Bags of frozen chopped onions and frozen chopped garlic. <gasps> Yeah. Why, why? Oh, but because I, I it's know it's really lazy. Are, sorry to interrupt. She's looking yeah. as though a meteorite is hit, clearly. <laughs> it's a bag yes. and the onion is already chopped and frozen. It's done for you. 
you open the bag and it comes out. It's a miracle. It's what Jesus would have wanted. This is what I have to deal with on a semi-regular basis. Uh, but going back to, while the goldfish is staring, going back to Honestly, these... Jojo, try them, because I can't chop onions. I get a really, really bad reaction. I like really bad. It makes my eyes hurt. And then somebody said to me, oh, I use the frozen chopped ones. And I was like, you, big pardon? Yes, big exactly. Pardon? I, frozen, what? What? Yeah. I, I sometimes am amazed. I, I sometimes am amazed at, at, at revelations like this. Mm, how, yes. how have I managed to get to 56 and never even have heard of certain things like that? I kind of go. Well, it's all about priorities, isn't it? And wow. it's maybe the life you're living. <laughs> uh, going back to what we were saying about these stories, how do you cope being in a relationship in, in the spotlight with so many made up stories? How, how do you develop that thick skin? Because I always remember you saying to me, doesn't really bother me, but my mum will read it in the, yeah, yeah. In the, in the supermarket. Yeah. And she's like, what's going on? Yeah, it doesn't bother me now. There have been a, a couple of occasions where a line has been overstepped and we have sent a letter, you know, to a certain publication. Strongly worded letter. <laughs> Strongly worded letter, you know, normally from a lawyer, just to give it a bit of gravitas to say, you know, we put up with a lot that you write about us mm-hmm. and and actually it's not untrue because it's something we've said that's had a spin put on it. So actually if you boil it down, you go, well actually I did say mm-hmm. if Eamon wears Crocs, I will divorce him. So I did use the words I will divorce him. But so, you know, most of it, <coughs> excuse me, we let go but there have been a couple of occasions where we've just gone that's a step too far but not often so I tend not to look at it most of it makes me laugh Um, Eamon gets more annoyed about it than me but um, I sometimes think you have to look at it spin it round and think you know, magazines, it's hard to sell magazines these days. Mm-hmm. So whatever's on the front, they yeah. believe it will sell their magazine. Mm-hmm. So if I'm on the front of their magazine, I kind of go, that's because you're relevant and they believe people are interested in you. So that's how I try and spin it. And Which go, is oh, a really funny. good way because it's kind of looking at it as being flattering. Yeah. And yes. Yeah, kind of- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But it kind of compliment. But it's getting back to what I was saying about the sort of thing I've had with the GB News is, I mean, and years ago I did wife swap. Um, because, oh, did you? Yeah, uh, years and years ago. Absolute madness. But, and again, a sort of lot of headlines. I was sort of filthy, lazy, unfit mother was the headlines. And, and <laughs> Didn't know how to chop an onion. <laughs> Didn't know how to chop an onion. Exactly. Um, but with that, exactly that thing, um, and I remember saying to my kids, people that mind don't matter and people that matter don't mm. mind. And so... Any of the one that we didn't know, it's like, well, it's irrelevant, but it's people that we know that we don't, you yeah. know, kind of, if they think badly. But equally, exactly. but it was the, exactly. G, the GB News thing. I was surprised. I don't care what people I haven't met think or what people mm. write, but I do care if people that I genuinely kind of know in real life sort of form this opinion, particularly about me going on GB News. So it's like, can, what's wrong with you? Yeah, but and then hopefully you can change their mind because yeah. they've been swayed, haven't they? Whatever yeah. it is, GB yeah. News or some story they've read about me, mm-hmm. they're swayed by something they see, which we all are yeah. to a degree, aren't yeah. we? We, you know, we all like gossip. We all like looking at a headline going, oh, I, know, didn't, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I kind of will look at a juicy headline as much yeah. as the next person. It, it, it'll be about somebody else. It's they, just not very nice when it's about you. No. What did they used to say about don't believe anything you read in only half of what you see it used to be the sort of thing, whereas yeah. now you can't even believe anything you see because of Photoshop no. and kind of all that kind of stuff. So can I ask you, Ruth, you see someone, uh, a female celebrity on the cover of a magazine with a really salacious headline, <laughs> but she's got one of your handbags. How do you <laughs> how do you weigh okay, this up? The woman's got taste, leave her alone. <laughs> right, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> Did you she know? possibly have done that carrying my handbag. Uh, would you like to know what's in the handbag? It's a, it's a pre-chopped onion. Did you know that ski pants are making a comeback? I love a ski pant. Oh, do you? I, I love a, a ski, ski pant. A ski pant has an epaulette. Yeah, you know ones that go no. under your foot. Yeah, the stirrups, they're like a legging. Oh, like a stirrup. Sorry, I'm thinking actual. Yeah. No, you're Epilates. thinking salapets. Salapets. is in the police and the army. Epaulets are on your shoulders, yeah. where we don't want your trousers to be. The weight of her, what the world is on her shoulders. That's why she's got osteoporosis and some kind of spinal complaint. <laughs> it's like a living house. She's just crumbling. <laughs> it's like being in a laboratory sometimes. It really, really is. Leave me I, alone. I'm I, going through lots of changes. Oh, we all are. I'm Perry Perry Nando's. Um, what was I going to say? How Your did you? <laughs> I'm the spice that will make you green. How did you get? Because you didn't begin as in front of the camera, did you? As no. far as I remember. No, no, no. I worked in the West Country, and I when I started in TV, I went in really kind of in not as a secretary, but in using my shorthand and time 
I think so. I, I messed around at school. I had very few um, any of note, any <laughs> exams and um, results of note. I got had needlework. You and me both. You've needlework. Thank I've you. got Latin. I had fabric and fashion. <laughs> yeah. I had fabric yeah. and fashion. That's the only Did, my I mean, only standard. And grade what's your excuse today? You <laughs> <laughs> so rude. He is. This is. I just. I just block him out. He's like white no. noise now. Let it go over the top of the head. I did. No, I so got I, English and fabric and fashion. That's my only. Yeah, job. I got English. I was always English and I got needlework and I think I got else? Oh, French. I did get French. Only like a D grade or something. Anyway, messed around at school. Not very good results. And I was a bit directionless. Didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was my mum, God love her, said, I think we should go and do a shorthand typing course. And I was like, oh, I was like, if I want to work in an office. And she went, look, you know what? You can temp. It's always good to have it. So very good advice, actually. So off I went. And then actually loved learning to do shorthand typing. Like shorthand was like learning a new language. Yeah. Um, and I was quite good at it. Could do the fast you know, like, like word thingy, typing without looking, whatever they call that. I did um, the Mavis Beacon. Do you remember oh, Mavis Beacon? No. Mavis Beacon was a typing typing guru that you did to me. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, didn't do that. But anyway, got it. Got shorthand and typing. And a, a lady who lived in the village where my parents lived in Cornwall, she worked at the local TV station, which was then called Westwood Television. That's how long ago it was. And she said to me, oh, you know, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And she said, oh, you should apply for a job at, um, at Westwood Television. She said, you've got shorthand and typing and gave me the name of the then head of personnel we called it in the days before HR anyway it probably none of this would happen now but anyway I got an appointment to see him charming man and he said, oh, you know, you're doing the right thing. I haven't actually finished college at this point. And he said, yes, there's quite a few um, opportunities here if you can do shorthand and typing. Go away and finish your shorthand typing course. Come back to me. Let me know how you get on. So I had about another two or three months. And so then after that, I used to ring him every week and say, oh, hello, Crispin. Three thanks for today. I just wondered, you know, were there any jobs available, anything? And he'd say, no, no. How's the course going? I go, yes, you know, I've got my exams next month. And eventually I passed the exams got in touch with him, told him I'd pass. He said, I haven't got anything at the moment, but I'll certainly keep you in mind. And off I went and I got a job in, in local government, a shorthand typing job. It was so boring. And was literally doing audio typing, you know, take a piece of work from the in tray, listen to it, type oh, it, put God. it in the out tray. It was just like mind blowingly awful with the nicest women actually, who'd all worked there for years. But I was like, I cannot stay here. This is just awful. And then I'd been, I was on, I was covering someone's maternity leave. So it wasn't even a, a kind of full, time position thank goodness and then he phoned me Mr Lovely Crispin phoned me and said um yeah I've got a, a job for as a transmission logist I was like great no idea <laughs> I have no idea I just said yeah great god that sounds amazing he said could you come in for an interview didn't know what it was I thought whatever it is he thinks I can do it mm -hmm. so and I can't, I'm literally going to you know die if I stay in this place so long I went for the interview and it was basically working in the presentation department, typing up all the kind of daily running schedules for a TV station, the on-air bit. So it was a typing, it was a kind of shorthand and typing job at that point. But part, anyway, I got the job. Part of that job was going into the main control room at lunchtime to cover the, the transmission assistant for her lunch. And I remember the first time I walked in there, I was like, 
I want to be in here. It was like the starship and yeah, it was all low on. lights, banks of monitors, people going standby telecine, coming to you in five. I was like, oh, it like hit me. I was like, what is this place? I want to be in here. I want to be in here. So I used to cover the lunchtime shift and made it very well known that, you know, if ever there was a job, I'd like to be in there. Um, and I got a job in there eventually. Loved, and I worked alongside the continuity presenters who were in vision in those days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they say, and coming next on Westwood Television, it's Coronation Street. Do stay with us. But it was all in vision. So I was responsible for giving them all their timing. So I had sat and watched how it all worked. So you knew how you know, to so do I'd, it. So I kind of knew how to do it. Hadn't thought about doing it. I wanted to be a floor manager. So I used to go after I'd finished my shifts, I used to go in and watch the six o'clock show. And the floor, the head floor manager, senior floor manager, I said to him, you know, if a trainee position comes up, I'd, I'd be really interested. And I still, I think I would have been a really good floor manager because I'm really bossy and I'm very and I'm very I like everything done and thing and in its place so I think I'd have been quite good but in the meantime they were looking for a holiday cover continuity presenter and my then boss who's not with us anymore um David Sunderland wonderful man he called me up on a Friday afternoon I thought I was you know he obviously wanted something so took my shorthand pad and my pen and he said um oh look we need to we need to get some holiday cover for you know continuity presenters and I was like yeah and I thought I honest genuinely thought he was going to say could you type something up and we'll get it into stage magazine or whatever it was then and see if we can find someone I was like yeah yeah, yeah. and I was holding standing there with my pad and my pen waiting for him to dictate something and he just said I wondered if you you fancied having an audition and it was one of those moments, you know, when you look over your shoulder, like, sorry, someone else just come in the room. And I said, sorry, me? He went, yes. I, went, I was like, um, uh, I was so taken aback. I went, uh, uh, wh- why? And he went, I don't know. So I just thought you might be quite good at it. And it was a Friday. And he said, listen, you don't have to say now. He said, have a think about it over the weekend. If you're interested, let me know on Monday and I'll set up an audition for you. And I remember running in the building. We had a, f- a phone. It wasn't a red phone box. It was like a little booth, you know, with the with the when you put the money in that yeah, old yeah, fashioned yeah. thing yeah. payphone yeah. payphone thank you and I remember phoning home so this was like five o'clock on a Friday and like put the money in but big pips and it and it was my dad could have been my mum it was my dad who answered I was like dad guess what I've been asked to do this thing and I don't know and my dad said well what have you got to lose he said you've got nothing to lose have you you've got a job I had a job and I was it was a staff job he said Look, if you're rubbish, it'll just be embarrassing for five minutes. He said, um, but he said, but you might be quite good. He said, just go for it. And I went home and I said, on the Monday, I went in and said, yes, I would like an audition. And that was that. And I went, you know, and they took me on as a trainee. So I still was keeping my other job and I was supposedly covering for holiday relief. And whilst I was training, I was in like the fourth day of training with the other continuity presenters, the guy who was supposed to come in that morning to train me went sick. They just went, you're on. And literally wow. that's what happened. I was four days in and suddenly I was like, good morning. And I was terribly nervous. <laughs> posh. Sounds like Princess Diana because everyone was quite posh then. I was like, good morning. You're watching Westwood television. It was all very like that. Yeah. And so it was, it, it, it's an amazing, it's one of those kind of fairy tale stories, isn't it? Backroom girl makes good. 
right place, right time, all yeah. of those things, really. You mentioned accent there, and it's funny watching some of your earlier stuff. Not that you don't, I've, I've always thought that you spoke very well. and You, you have a lovely tone. A beautiful <laughs> tone, yes, it's resonating. But you, you were a bit more RP back in the day. But yes. Was, was that but required of you? Everybody yes, was. Really. Yeah. If you watch, yeah, if you watch, there were very few regional accents, which I think is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, um, much more now. In fact, it's almost the other way now, isn't yeah. it? That if you haven't got some kind of regional accent, you're probably not considered as much. Mm-hmm. But everybody was terribly well spoken on the television then. And I was fairly, I, I spoke like that because I, you know, when people say, where are you from? I've got that real weird mishmash because we were an army family. So I was born in Singapore. I traveled around with my parents. You know, like Eamon is very much Belfast. He calls it home. He's still got the accent and that's, you know, who he is. And I, I feel like I don't have that. I don't have those roots. Oh, something's popped up. Go away. Oh, no. Don't the have to get again. Oh, no. Niall. What's that? Oh, no. Hang on. Let's just go. Okay. Don't know. Hang on. Oh, I love gosh. that. Open to anything. Yeah. Just say okay. I've just put okay. Is it oh. a buffet and mingle invite? So, I don't know. No, it's App Explorer. App Explorer was recently updated. Oh. The App Explorer update includes bug fixes. No oh. idea. Mm. Improved performance and stability. Nice. And enhanced security. Set my browser to... Oh, okay. Niall! <laughs> I can't even get rid. I'm going to text him. He's next door. Um, but as I was saying, people spoke well. And I went then to a very good grammar school mm-hmm. in London where everybody spoke like that. You know, it was a bit, it was a bit Queen's oh. English. Oh. And it's, you know, that's been knocked out of me a bit over the years, as you can tell. I'm just going to put help to him. <laughs> I, I, I love that put the, up the smoke signals. I love that the house is so big. We have to text to the east wing. No, it's not so big. To retrieve the hell. He's, he's literally across the hall, but I can't be bothered to get up, open the door, and no, walk over there, and leave you. Now you've mentioned Damon a couple of times. How many years have you been held together by Can negative you just get rid of that? No, I've just, just I said I'll text help and see how quickly Niall comes. I can't look. I'm pressing the X. Niall, could you press something, please? She's very depressed. <laughs> oh, look how quickly no. he fixed that. That's he just lovely. said, it's because it's not a touch screen, Ruth. Ah. Oh, but you, oh, Ruth. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful, you absolute idiot. Honestly, this, <laughs> I get rid of that. It's because it's not touch screen. No. It's, my new, it's my new laptop, <laughs> which I don't know how to use. <laughs> no, no, oh, I'm in love with Ruth. I like that she makes oh. this kind of obvious mock-ups that's now, brilliant they just How, literally young people look at you like you're a fool don't you yeah. we would have looked at our parents and in the way that by their faces the way that I'm trying to defend myself being in my 50s and I'm not an idiot and I'm not and mm. then I go well yeah. actually I'm kind mm. of <laughs> so you've mentioned Damon a couple of times which I haven't yeah. enjoyed and um, <laughs> I, I just wondered how long now have you been held together by negative equity in the fear of moving on <laughs> we have been together 23 years is it this year 24 I'm really bad oh, wow. with dates if he was here now he'd say 
when did we get married? And I was go, um, oh, it's the thirtieth of June. I'm so bad with dates. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Not just that. Any dates. Mm. If I didn't have my diary with everyone's birthday in it, including my children, and I probably would forget them. Yeah. So something in me and dates. You know, like we were talking then about where did you start? Eamon would be able to tell you the date, the day, and the date he started right. at UTV and practically what he was wearing and what all the people were called. So I kind of vaguely now I go, well, it's about nineteen. So it's probably so. Um, yeah, I think 23 years um, we've been together and we've been married 12 years of those. Wow. So oh, right, okay, I didn't time, We were a long time not married just because it didn't, you know, it didn't really interest me that much. I was never that girl that, you know, wanted the big her dress wedding. And yeah. No, and I never, you know, you just know some of my friends, they practically designed their wedding dress when they were about 12. Yeah. So not, didn't ever really interest me that much, didn't bother me that much. Um, but then when Eamon did propose, which was a complete surprise to me, and I said yes, then it was lovely. And when we got married, you know, people would say, do you feel different? I was like, I do, but I, I found it very difficult to explain why. Mm. And People, you know, people say, oh, do you feel more secure now? It's like, no, I, I always felt secure. And mm. also we have a child together. You know, it's yeah. the biggest commitment to me. Yeah. And also you're never secure, are you? So what does that mean? You don't know what's around the because, corner. No, you could be married and somebody could leave you or you yeah. leave them or something happens. So I don't know what it was that felt different. Mm saying that we were married whether it's because we had jack and it was that final piece of the jigsaw i don't really know because i'm not against you know people who aren't married and i wasn't massively like we must get married i need to be married so i could happily if Eamon hadn't proposed we'd probably happily still be together and not married it didn't really bother me but i absolutely loved the wedding day it was like the best party you ever. were a brunette on your wedding weren't you yes only because i'd had like really bad um disaster at the hairdresser with over blonding oh, as i've done over years and oh, i hadn't, hadn't gone green had it no it literally was breaking like it was oh. snapping off and my then hairdresser said you have to get all that blonde out of your hair and i went but it was really dark for it was a while very dark. to try and get it back to any kind of healthiness and so by the time I got married I just had a few little caramel highlights but essentially it was quite yeah it was quite brunetti mm. and what made Eamon propose did he just have a kind of I think threats we of were, violence uh, oh, right. from Ruth <laughs> yeah, from me. we were actually it's a great I think it's a lovely story um, but then I would wouldn't I but mm. we were at Cheltenham races and it was ladies day um, I love going to the races and we'd been invited by somebody very nice can't remember who we're in a box and there were a lot of men, there was a group of men there who were on their own, you know, out to have a good day, obviously, and not that many women. And Eamon, they were very flirty with me. And I was having, you know, I'd had a few glasses of champagne, I'd had a couple of winners, and I'm flirting back, and it was all loveliness. And Eamon said, this is his side of the story, that he stood looking at this scene and he said, he thought to himself, look at those, all those men flirting with my wife. He said, and as I said it, I thought, well, oh, she's not my oh, wife, right. actually. Actually, she should be my wife. And he went, and I remember him disappear. I remember suddenly he wasn't there for a little while. Anyway, then he came back 
and we were going home in the car. I was quite merry, and he doesn't drink, so he's leading me, <laughs> got me in the car, and we were in the boring. He had poured me into the car. We were being driven. It was all very jolly, nice. And then he, he said, "Is that your phone beeping? Is your phone beeping?" And I was like, "No, I don't think so. No." And he kept on. I'm sure that's your phone beeping. I thought, oh, for God's sake! So I got my phone out because obviously he was trying to get me to look at my phone, and it was a text from him with the most beautiful mess it was like a love letter and at the end it said will you marry me and it was so lovely and it sounds you know when people say how did Damon propose I say by text it sounds like the most unromantic thing in the world doesn't it but actually it was the most romantic very spontaneous very Eamon and beautiful words I call him my poet because he's so you know he's so good with language I think it's an Irish thing they have a lot of Irish people I know you know they're very poetic Mm Like you Scots, I suppose. Yes, Celts. That's the thing. Celts, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, and that was that. And I, the funny thing, I actually texted him back and went, yes. Oh. <laughs> and we, sat in, we literally sat in the car because we didn't talk. The dri- we didn't know who the driver was. We were being driven. We're just literally holding hands all the way home. Well, that's lovely. the thing. You that couldn't start lovely. bumping gums, could you, in front no. of a strange driver? No. You would have ended up in one of these magazines you don't like. Yes, <laughs> you'd have been sold to the papers. Funnily enough, although, I mean, I, uh, I mean my my separated from husband mm. and I are still very very good mm. friends and, and it's fine but similarly I proposed to him on Valentine's uh, not Valentine's Day leap year 29th yeah. of February and I wrote on a mirror in our bedroom in lipstick I wrote will you marry me Aww. and I left and I, did, I didn't know if he'd seen it because he didn't say anything <gasps> and no. I was just like I can't do you know that I was like has he seen it and I don't so I, I left it for a little bit and then I I kept sort of going into the thing and I came back and he wrote underneath, yes, I will, oh. in lipstick. Oh, and who cleaned lovely. the mirror? It's, we still have it. We sprayed it with oh. hairspray and we kept it. Oh. And you, I mean, I'm divorcing him, but it was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't clean it quite well enough, so at least no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's but lovely. You, um, you've mentioned your dad a couple of times, and you're an ambassador mm-hmm. for Alzheimer's, or mm. Al- I never know how to pronounce it. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's UK, um, yeah. which is very dear to your heart. Um, yeah. So how how do you decide, do you have to be affected by what the charity is? Um, because I would imagine you get a lot mm. of offers in which to, you know, be figureheads for charities. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like doing things for charity. And again, we were talking about, you know, pro- people want you to um, endorse products. I could work for charity all day long, every day. And there's no such thing as a bad charity, in my opinion, you know, from small to large. So it's very, very difficult to decide which ones you want. <clears throat> so I think for a lot of people, it does come down to something personal, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So before Alzheimer's, before my dad had Alzheimer's, I would do things for various charities, but the Alzheimer's Society, I mean, my fa- we knew nothing about Alzheimer's disease mm. at all. Mm. And again, like a lot of people just thought, oh, that's something when people get old and forget where they put their car keys. And, and then you realize it's so much more. And so when my dad... Um, it took us a long time to get diagnosed. So we knew there was something wrong, but we didn't know it was Alzheimer's. We kept saying, dad's being a bit odd. And yeah. have you noticed dad's doing this and dad's being a bit funny? But so by the time we did, somebody else said, obviously said, maybe it's Alzheimer's, maybe you should get him checked. You know, I think he was he was well on the way with his Alzheimer's by then. Anyway, once we were given that diagnosis, there's not much really that you're offered. You know, you're just told, yes, he's got Alzheimer's. Hopefully it's a bit better now. We're talking like 12, no longer, 15 years ago. Um, 
And so we were a bit lost, you know, we were like, oh, right. Okay. What do we do now? And I meant, happened to mention it. So we kept it to ourselves. I don't know why we did. Kept it to ourselves for quite a while, particularly my mom. She was very like, people don't need to know, you know, she's mm-hmm. our generation. So we didn't really talk about it. And then we were doing a phone in on this morning. And we were talking about guilt and this wonderful woman rang and she was very upset. And she said, I'm feeling hugely guilty because my husband who has Alzheimer's, he's been in respite care for a week so that I could have a break and he's coming home today and I'm dreading him coming home and I'm feeling really guilty about it. So that's the conversation. And I really felt for her. And for the first time ever, because it just was in that moment, I said, oh, listen, I know, I know how you feel, you know, my dad has Alzheimer's and I said, and my mum's really struggling. And as I said it, I could hear my voice started to break. So it's the first time I'd kind of said it and I hadn't meant to. And then almost the loveliest thing, but almost the worst thing, Eamon was obviously with me. He just put his hand on my knee and kind of squeezed my knee. That'll do it. And then I was gone. Yeah. And then, see, even that makes me cry. Um, and then I was gone. And then, and then Eamon, it was brilliant because then Eamon managed to crack a kind of joke and he went, honestly, poor Jean, she's phoned him for some, you know, some help. And now we're all crying. And she started laughing. Anyway, I took her, I meant to get her number and I called her after the show and we had a really nice chat. But from that, somebody at the Alzheimer's Society who'd been watching it, doing her ironing at home, like so many people do when they watch this morning, um, she con- she sent got a message to me and said, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. If there's anything, you know, Alzheimer's Society offers lots of help for families. And it was lovely. And so I got in touch with them. And that's the thing with the Alzheimer's Society that I'm so grateful for. They don't just help the person with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in fact, they're, they're more often helping the family who are looking after the person with Alzheimer's because it's very difficult. Um, and they help you, you know, did you know you can get this? Has your mum applied for carer's allowance? You know, there's a, 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 they found that there was an Alzheimer's cafe that happened in Plymouth. So my mum used to go with my dad and then she would end up talking to other couples, yeah. you know, particularly the carers. And they swapped things like, oh, I'm finding it really hard because my husband's getting up in the night and they say, oh, well, we are doing this. So it was, it was wonderful to what they offered my mum. And it was that they didn't ask me, they didn't ask me for anything. They didn't say, could you be an ambassador or could you do this or at all for ages? Um, and actually it was me. I think I saw something they were doing. It was probably one of the memory walks, I suppose, and said, oh, you know, perhaps I could do this for you. And from that, I became an ambassador. So I loved that, that they, they were offering that help just to us as a family, not to me as Ruth Langsford on yeah. the telly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I've, I've been an ambassador, you know, I try to do what I can for them. I always talk about them. I've done lots of, um, Eamon and I did, I did family fortunes for mm. Alzheimer's. <clears throat> we did the prices, right. Or whatever that was recently with Alan Carr for Alzheimer's. So anytime I can do fundraising or a show where I'm, I can uh, play for charity, it will always be Alzheimer's. And I always do the memory walk. Um, which are very uplifting actually because you walk with lots of people some have got Alzheimer's some who have lost people some who are walking for someone that they've still got and so you you know you all chat and you swap your stories so I think it's very important that we talk about Alzheimer's because we didn't really and how old um, was your dad when he was when well he was diagnosed he was diagnosed early when he was probably 72 but looking back and hindsight's a wonderful thing once you're informed and you have more knowledge 
we think he had it for at least three years before, right, if yeah. not a little bit more. But that's the thing. It's very small. When you look back, it's, it was very small things. All I say to people with the experience we've had and everybody's slightly different that if you're, you know your loved one better than any doctor. Yeah, yeah. So if your loved one is doing something that's completely out of character, to me, that's a warning sign yeah. because we didn't know that then. So my dad, who was an army man, you know, place for everything, everything in its place was losing things all the time, but not just losing them. They would turn up in the oddest of places where he'd obviously put them. So he lost his camera and we couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And we found it in the back of the fridge, you know, oh, like really right, okay. odd. Oh, right. Yeah. Really odd. And then you'd have those concerts like, Dad, and you'd go, well, I didn't bloody put it in there. And it's like, well, Daddy, you must have done. And I also, you know, things I regret that I used to think um, that I was trying to help him when he couldn't remember something. I'd go, Dad, remember? Do you remember? We did that. Do you remember, Dad? Do you remember? And of course, now I look back and think, no, he doesn't remember. No, and yeah. also, would argue with him sometimes, you know, when he'd say, oh, I've been here before. And I'd say, no, you haven't. Mm-hmm. And my mum would just let things go. So, I, if, you know, it's a learning curve. But I, I think if someone's doing something very out of character, my dad got very um, reclusive. He was a great, he loved people. He loved being out and parties. He's a great storyteller. He suddenly became like a recluse he was Mm. pulling the curtains at four o'clock in the afternoon that was very out of character so all those things led us eventually to go something's not right here but that's like you say why charities are so important but also that you have an understanding of it because you don't know what you don't know and then you're thrust into something that you know without the help and understanding of people Mm. who have gone through it then you know it doesn't you know you can't I think it just yeah it just resonates with people more doesn't it because I'm sure people would be very grateful if you aligned yourself with their charity and you were trying to help them but it resonates more like when I do those memory walks I always do a a, a speech you know I I do an address and welcome everybody and thank them for coming always talk about my dad I talk about all the carers who are there give them a big shout out Mm. so it resonates more because they know that you have actually experienced that yourself Um, and I think that just helps doesn't it that you have more understanding of what they're going through you know what you said as well that was really interesting when you know you did say it on this morning and when the caller phoned in but you said that um you know it all became quite emotional and that Eamon made a joke and that was a perfect thing yeah and it's quite interesting just with what's been happening recently the you know the idea of not being told not to use comedy because it's a time of reflection and grief you go no no actually that's why it is so important yeah no gosh you have to laugh you absolutely have to laugh and and it is it's jokes not at the situation it's with the whole trauma of it, the, the, fun, the fun, the best, my best, funniest story. It's funny, but also really sad. Yeah. But it made me laugh. My when my my dad eventually was in a care home, and my aunt and uncle and my mum were all visiting him <coughs> in his room, and they had the TV on, and I was on this morning. And they were pottering about. And my aunt Rosa said, oh, Dennis, look, there's Rooty. He used to call me Rooty Tooty. So she went, oh, look, there's Rooty. And he turned around. He looked at the screen. He went, oh, I can't stand her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand her. Which is so funny. When Rosa, when she told me, she was like, I wasn't sure whether to tell you. I went, that it was the funniest yeah. thing. But also, also like heartbreaking. <laughs> like, oh, my dad. But, you know, you have to, you have to laugh because yeah. there are so many funny moments 
moments and if you didn't laugh you'd just be crying yeah, the whole yeah. time constantly. you know constantly so, yeah. yeah no I remember you saying that to me about you know coming out of the home um, and sitting in the car and you know processing everything and that you had to give yourself a break that you were doing as much as you could and all this mm. stuff um, funny things to have happened on this morning clearly the dog and the lipstick that's one thing that always <laughs> sticks out to me but with regards to because I know you don't like to talk about it but for people that don't know you did strictly um, yes. I think you did it was it I three times that. oh look was it awesome. three times um, and you've done Hell's Kitchen you did strictly and, three times no, no. I'm, I'm taking Mentioned it oh it. sorry three times. sorry Jojo's back in the room she's high on the smell of onions um, would you ever go on The Masked Singer no, because I can't sing. Neither can I. But that doesn't. Well, neither can people on the Masked Singer. Well, exactly. <laughs> That's the but whole I'm thing. horribly claustrophobic, like really badly claustrophobic. Ah, okay. And I've seen the masks. You know, when they've had any of the yeah. winners, we had the that came on this morning or Lucerne, whatever. Yeah. Um, they are tiny. How they mm. how they even just put them on? I don't know. To let alone sing or dance in them. So no is the answer. And no, I don't want to do the jungle. But absolutely yes, I would do Strictly again in a heartbeat. In mm. fact, I think they should let you have another bash yes, yes I think if you've got a certain week <laughs> I think they should say you know what they've got to week six I think we should let them have another bash they, they should do a kind of in the same way that they have RuPaul's All Stars um, they should do yeah. Strictly All Stars see yeah, these favourites don't be the winners no, no, no but I, I think they should do the worst of Strictly yeah, as well the worst <laughs> of, like, who've got the lowest votes me um, so yeah no 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 All Stars isn't um, they, they do have other ones where other people haven't won and they've gone back and all that oh, kind of thing they? so yeah I mean I'm not saying that you need to go and drag I think you look fine as you are <laughs> but listen I loved all, I loved all the makeup and wigs I mean I had a different wig different hairstyle every week I loved it yeah it's amazing very long cool. blonde short red oh it, listen it is the best best thing but also what people don't it for me it was the most terrifying as well which I hadn't thought about at all and nor should you because when you watch Strictly you just see the joy of it and the fun of it What's and I'd you? always want oh god the performance just performing and I could never remember my dance I just I swear to god and Anton will back me up we talk I mean I do I appear on his one-man show and we do all sorts of things mm. together and we stayed great friends um he came to my feeling fabulous event and we talk about that the nerves that I mean you're both performers I'm TV and it's mm. slightly different where I think people were surprised because they said well you do live TV every day I was like I know but don't have that kind of audience mm. staring at me and so my very first in the rehearsal room all week loving life learning the Charleston whatever I was doing like yay and then the first time I went to the studio the very first rehearsal so you have all week in you know the rehearsal training room and then you go to the studio on the Friday and you get to do your dance twice. So it's for cam- it's mostly for cameras and for you to kind of get the feel of the dance floor. And I felt so overwhelmed. I remember walking in and it's big and all the camera guys were then lighting. Nobody's really looking at you, but you feel like they are. Mm. And the music started and it was as if I hadn't ever done a single step of that dance. And when we finished, Anton just looked, I just looked at him in just like panic. And he went... Well, he went, that was interesting. <laughs> and he started laughing. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I couldn't remember. And then the, um, the lovely choreographer, Jason, who's the kind of main choreographer of the whole show, he was so lovely. He came over and he went, I went, I'm so sorry. He went, that's all right. He said, that's what rehearsals are for. Don't worry, you get a second go. Second go was a bit better. On the night, 
I have, you know, when I hear actors and people I talk, you know, I've interviewed over the years where they talk about stage fright mm-hmm. and, you know, and being sick before they come on stage and never really experienced. I've always had healthy nerves, mm-hmm. but I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack and stop. I don't, I was frozen. I remember they, you know, they say next up it's Ruth Langsford, you know, Anton Dubeck and his partner Ruth Langsford is standing with a big wig, mm-hmm. smiling like this. And then they show, here they are in training. And during that little film, <coughs> excuse me, you walk down the stairs. And so suddenly I was, it was like being in a theatre. It was two tiers of people all staring at you. Of course they are. So would I. Yeah. So they're staring at you. And, and judging you. And looking, go, oh, I like her dress. Don't like her. Oh, look her hair. She's got long hair. Oh, there's Anton. I love him. Walking across the floor. And we'd, our first dance was a waltz. And we had a chaise long up on the stage where I was sitting. Anton was behind me, all looking gorgeous in his tails and amazing ballroom dancer. And the music starts. He comes round the chaise long to the bottom of the steps, puts his hand out. And I was supposed to st- supposed to stand up, walk down the two steps, and off we'd go. And he put his hand out and I was literally, I didn't move. And it was as if someone had poured lead into my shoes. I didn't have an ounce of saliva in my, my teeth are like this. My heart, you you can hear the blood rushing in your ears when you're really frightened, heart pounding. And I literally was frozen to the spot. And he kind of looked at me as if saying, get up. And then he kind of came up the step and yanked me practically. And the funny thing is he'd been telling me a story about... Um, one of the women he danced with years before who said to him, oh, you know, I get terrible stage fright. And he said, oh, that's, you know, this is different. This is dancing. And their first dance, she was sitting up on a bar and he whooshes in. He said, she's looking amazing. And he had to lift her down from the bar and then they started their dance, tango or something. And he said, and as he whooshed up to her, went to pick her up, she whispered in his ear, she went, I can't feel my legs. (laughs) And and when he told me that story, I was laughing, you know, Okay. Oh God, how terrible that poor woman. Exactly <laughs> the same thing happened to me. I don't remember that first dance at all. I just remember s- smiling. I remember him saying all the time, just always remember to smile because the public don't know what feet, yep. you know, what you're yeah. supposed to be doing with your yeah. feet. Just smile. And he just whizzed me around. I was just clinging on to him. I remember hearing the judges. It was like a radio going in and out of tune. You know, I just heard, it's like white noise. And before I knew it, we were upstairs with Claudia and I was like, what happened? That was yeah. like an out of body experience. And to be absolutely honest, I did lose my nerves eventually, but I never, ever 100% knew my dance ever. And I was, I did nine weeks and Anton will back me up on that, but I started to enjoy it. And I started thinking, oh, well, I've missed a step. So what, you know, the judge to point it out. And I think that's why I survived as long as I did, because he and I were having such a good time. And also he's hugely popular, which helps, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a great experience, but you know, lots of people who've done it, when you talk to them about the nerves, you know, lots of people go, God, I couldn't believe, you know, how nervous nervous I was and you don't want to let your partner down because they're all you know Anton was a big star it's a ballroom king so you're going to get some Egypt like me can't put you know my left foot in front of my right so and it you, is you, 
that yeah, that but, help, that makes the nerves worse. Yeah, and the miracle of Doctor Theatre. Well, and the thing yeah. is as well, Coco Chanel, you know, <laughs> what, was she meant to move or so? Well, we don't know. You know. I think she was meant to sew, looking fabulous whilst doing Absolutely. so. Absolutely, maybe glass in hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Not spinning around a dance. No, or... no, no. Well, maybe later. Um, yeah. I'll see you next month because I'm staying with you for the weekend. Thanks yes. for that. Yes, and um, thank you so much for your time. Oh, not that has whizzed by that. We could sit and chat to you all day. Thank you so much. Same. Lovely weather. Can you thank Niall and say hello to Maggie? How embarrassing is that? Me going, I can't get rid of this thing. I'm like, because it's not a touch screen. It's like, oh, shame, the shame. Jojo, lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. January the 20th, I'm doing Perth, Adelaide, and Melbourne comedy festivals. And then when you come back, you've literally selling your house. I'm going to live. Where are you going to live? In Scotland, though? No, no, no. I'm going to just travel around. I gig all over the country. So, yeah. But you'll gig and then live in the. I'll just, wow. yeah, so just rather than going to gigs and yeah. coming home, I'll just keep going to gigs. The lady will be found in a lay-by. Mm. The lady well, in the lay-by, yes. It's exactly. amazing. How amazing, though. But yeah. people do extraordinary things at certain times in their lives, don't they, when they yeah. retire or things like this. Well, that's it. I want to, uh, yes, well, exactly. It's menopause, midlife yes. crisis. But also, I just don't want to wind down. I want I want yeah. to go faster, not slower. So Good for you. Yeah. Well, as Bruce, we just like to lie down. Yes. <laughs> lie yeah, down yeah. and just take it. <laughs> <laughs> on a gin, lie down on a gin-soaked lounger, the pair of you. <laughs> Ruth, I'm, we will save this smut delight. for another time. Another time. All right, darling. Mwah. Now, I have Lovely no to idea to turn this off. You know that. Right. I'm just we, we'll turn you off, but it's nothing personal. <laughs> if you see me doing this. <laughs> What's happening? Right, see you later, love. See you later. Bye, bye, bye. bye, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.